Let me take a guess. You've been listening to Call Me By Your Game, having a pretty dang time, but you've run out of episodes, finding yourself waiting for the next drop each week, wondering where, oh where, can I get more and more Call Me By Your Game content? Well, I'm here to tell you folks that there is such a place. It actually exists. This is the host of Call Me By Your Game, Connor McCabe, here to tell you all about our Patreon network over at Super NPC radio so this is our patreon that we have created to not only support our shows but make new content and bigger content going forward in fact if you like call me by your game i want to tell you all about the co-op episodes that we do these are monthly episodes where i sit down and do a deep dive with a panel of people to talk about a particularly impactful game we've discussed games such as the legend of zelda breath of the wild super mega baseball 3 final fantasy 10 tony hawk 1 and 2 remake and we have so much more to come so if you're interested in hearing these episodes these are a part of our dj toad tier on our patreon which is ten dollars a month and again you get a monthly huge episode for me and some of my most favorite people talking about iconic games so if this is interesting to you check us out and if you want to get a taste of what it's like take a look at the previews that we drop in this feed otherwise we'll see you over at our patreon network at patreon.com slash super npc radio Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. This is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. Uh, It's a nostalgic video game show, a warm and fuzzy one. So hopefully you come here, you listen to this episode, and uh, you feel even better about yourself after. That's that's the burden I'm going to put on myself for this one. Um, A little bit of housekeeping before uh, we get started is uh, that uh, if you want to check out our Instagram or Twitter, you can do so. Uh, We're on Instagram at at callmebyyourgamepod. And at Twitter, on Twitter, at, at call me by your game, but there's only one Y. So it's B-Y-O-U-R. Uh, I'm sure everyone wanted to know that. You could, of course, uh, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. My goal is to get uh, up to 30 reviews by the end of the year. So if you're listening to this and you like it, share your favorite part of the episode. Share why our guest is so fantastic, because uh, I guarantee you're going to do that. Um, you can share the show with a friend, especially if they love this game or games in general. And lastly, uh, check out our Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And if you like this show, can guarantee you're going to love uh, a, a, all of the content that we have there because it is truly so much. And if you ever want to just get an idea of the sort of stuff we do there, uh, we occasionally release a preview on these feeds. So keep an eye out. Um, that's it. For the housekeeping, I will now introduce our very special guest for this episode. Uh, so please welcome uh, to the podcast lounge that I'm imagining we're in, Boar Hunter 
guild participator and Leroy Jenkins disciple, Riley Smith. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's so good to have you. And I also know, I want to be clear up front and just let you know that I know Leroy Jenkins is not from this particular game that we're discussing today, but... It's in the cinematic universe. It is, and, you know, I wouldn't be a cheesy host if I didn't bring it up immediately, so there we are. Yeah, that was, uh, that was an OG meme. That, yes, that was, it was. Uh, that touches a spot in the, in the heart of all gamers, I think. I think you're right, uh, and it will always be there for me. Um, so, uh, Riley Smith, uh, you are a special breed, sir. You are, most of my guests, as the listeners will know, are uh, specifically Los Angeles uh, improv and sketch comedians. You, my friend, are a different beast. Uh, also, it's always fun for me to talk about how I know people because usually it is through improv and sketch. But you and I have known each other for, I would guess, do you remember when we met? Because I don't remember the moment. It was just kind of like you were there. Yeah, I think uh, I was trying to think about this today, actually. Yeah. In prep. Oh, nice. Um, I want to say like eight or nine years. Like I was in LA for like 10. Gotcha. Um, I think it's got to be like eight. Um, we, I, my f- memory that I was following upon was at uh, early on, I want to say like 2013 at yeah. your house. I think you and Loomis. Something yes, like at that. the old that Coke was, mansion. I remember I, uh, it was either there or at your house. I think it was your, maybe it was there first yeah. at Rachel's, but I think it might have been at yours because I remembered leaving that flask and never retrieving Yes. It. I, whatever whatever that house was, I can't remember if it was that. That was at Rachel's, our apartment in were, Silver Lake. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that might have been the first place. That That's, I think, when we like uh, codified that our friendship. That might have been like a second or third. Yeah. 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 We, we, first I encounter came, was through Phil and all those guys. Phil and uh, uh, this is the shout out portion of the show. Phil and Sam Beck and that whole uh, crew. Of course, our good friend Alex Galbate. Uh, but yeah, that's how we know each other. Also, you hold of you and Galbate hold a very specific. Uh, place in my video game heart uh, for a specific se- like moment in a season. Do you have? Would you venture to guess as to what I'm referring to? Oh man! Uh, you'll you'll as soon as I start talking about it, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Of now I know it's occurring to me that there that is a true statement. Well, can you <laughs> jog my memory? I'm a bad friend. I'm I'm putting your feet to the fire. I'll just tell you. It was when the Nintendo Switch was coming out. Oh yeah, the whole lead up. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, and, yeah. oh, go, we oh were, that's why we were at your house that other time. I remember now because we all brought yes. switches. Oh, man, that was so fun. Yes, that was such a fun lead up. I don't even know how you. Oh, because we had a one two switch party. Yeah. Yes. The, the, the like one of the four times I played and enjoyed that game. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. That was great. That was just such a I, I truly hold that as a very special time. And I don't even remember when you and me. And Galbate all together were like, oh, we're excited for the same thing. But I just remembered it happened and we were so hyped about it that we just would text about it all the time. And then, yeah, had our day yeah, of party. Oh, yeah. We had that group chat about it. You're right. And wow. do you we also were... remember being at the Super Bowl party at Phil's that same year where it came out? And there was, I think 
it was the Patriots. That was when the Falcons were up like twenty-seven to three or whatever. Is that the blown lead year? Yeah. Yes, but what ha- like the commercial break right before the comeback started was the Nintendo Switch commercial that we were waiting for. Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! That's why we went to watch the game. Yes. I now yeah. Okay. And we were like, oh, it switched the game, and it was uh, that the rest was history, but. Yeah, I just remember that being such a fun time and it was so fun getting excited about that with you guys. And I think you two had played Into the Breath of the Wild a little quicker than me. So it was fun uh, hearing, you didn't spoil anything for me, but you guys were like, oh, you're going to love it. Just keep playing it. Yeah, dude, that was, uh, I think the only game that matches the like version experience for me was probably the last of us but like breath of the wild is really hard to beat i I, breath of the wild i'm a fan of um the word is escaping me but the style of narrative where uh you're dropped in and there's no spoon feeding and you're left to your own devices i love how breath of the wild did that and that whole just like yeah the way that notion was integrated into the storytelling i was like holy cow really cool and like I, you, see, you see those mountains and you're like i'm gonna walk to the mountains yes like, that was the whole motivation for going anywhere it was just so great i'm right there with you uh did you i have a question uh, did you play the last of us part two i have not yet i i haven't really gamed much in the last year i just You've... in the last two weeks got back into some old gamecube nice. games but Ooh. um i've really not been able to with my current uh, well, you're a busy guy and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I really want to. I've heard it was good. I'm I asked because I'm playing through it right now and I'm about three quarters of the way through. And I've said this before on shows, but I thought I was smart for not playing it in June because we were in a pandemic and I didn't want to play a game that was uh, so true to what life was feeling like in small ways. So I waited till things were even worse in November uh, so I'm, that's why I'm now I'm playing it. <laughs> yeah. The pandemic is kind of like waiting to buy the dip in Bitcoin. It's like, oh, no, it just goes up. Yeah. There's no point in waiting for the pullback. Uh, um, does does Last of Us 2 have multiplayer yet? Do they ever add that? If they do, I do, don't know about it. Oh, man. That was like the other thing that Last of Us did. It was the only game where the multiplayer matched the single player. And it was like wow. both were completely dude. The multiplayer was incredible. Um, oh my no, gosh! Man. I can't Those even are... imagine that would be really cool to play with another friend. So it's they're like just Ellie Gears and Joel. Of War. Yeah. Oh no, no. It's a four on. So it was multiplayer. It was four on four. You're not a character. You're just like your custom person. Oh. And it was um, y'all you know, like different types of maps, right? Different game modes, but mainly um, uh, it's Gears of War with heavy survival mechanics. So okay. you die really quickly. You start with nothing. You have to go get the little gearboxes yeah. and grab stuff and build. Everything's around that building mechanic. And okay. man, that was a lot of fun. That's so interesting. I don't know how I totally missed that. Well, I didn't I didn't play it when it came out, so maybe that's why. Um, yeah, it was huge when it came out. Uh, I owe you a thank you because it wouldn't be an episode with Riley Smith if we didn't get a Bitcoin reference, and we did, um, which I feel like is sort of like a segue to what I was going to ask you next because we just got to talk about how we know each other, but... How might the listener know you? What do you want to share about yourself? What should we... We're going to plug later too, but plug anything now as well. We'd love to hear about what you're up to because I know you're up to some cool stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. So many things I could plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is the call to action for this podcast? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, before the plugs that I actually care about the most right now, um, I mean, I went to LA, as you know, did movie stuff, Spaghetti Man and that whole thing Hell that yeah. you saw. 
Um, there's another movie that came out after that that I think less people saw called Cop Chronicles. That's also on um, most of the same cast. That's on, I think it's on Amazon Prime yeah. and direct and that sort of thing with Spaghetti Man. But all the comedy stuff that I did with Mark Potts, who's a editor, a video editor at the LA Times. I produce with him whenever I can. It's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, currently working on Odeon, which is like a tell us new about super, it super Patreon thing. Yeah, it's um. It's a video platform to support creators, uh, kind of like Patreon, yeah. but you can team up with other people. So how people build podcast networks, you can just do it natively on the platform instead of going through all the rigmarole. If there's you know 20 people you're collabing with, it does all the revenue sharing for you. You can run any arrangement you want. And the idea being it makes it a lot easier to get fans to support you when you're grouping up totally and the fans are getting a lot more value than on patreon uh as is often the case it's you have to just give so much more and it's hard if you're just starting out um so yeah just another thing in the in the creator verse to try to support shows basically yeah it one thing you've explained because we've talked about this a bunch and one thing that i think is really cool about it to to give the listener an uh an idea of how it could work for them is that if there's a creator or like uh, like a filmmaker or a musician that you like on this platform, if you pledge, maybe it's like a $5 a month like you would do on a Patreon um, uh-huh. to subscribe to this person's content, you also, in theory, would get a certain tier of their like their little network as well. So you're also getting yeah, if you uh, want. the yeah. Cookie Monsters podcast as well. As well. For sure. If, so there's a the relevant one. If anyone, I, this is a gaming related podcast. There's the one network that's doing anything right now is called City 64. Actually, it's a oh, bunch cool. of um, Nintendo 64 modders that are doing incredible stuff. So one Whoa. that just came out two days ago. This guy Kaze Emanuar and a, and another guy named Zell. They're modders that did this game called The Missing Link, which is a mod you can download. Um, I'm not going to tell you where the ROMs are on the internet because uh, that's <laughs> illegal. But um, it was a it was uh, between Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time, a fully fledged standalone game that they modded from the engine. Um, and they just did another one that came out yesterday that's more of a fun challenge mod. And oh, it's cool. Star Fox 64 in Ocarina of Time engine. So you're walking around as Fox slashing aliens on this planet. It's wild. So that's just an example of, and then there's, there's a Banjo-Kazooie guy named Kirko who runs the network. He just rebuilt a bunch of GoldenEye levels uh, and the thing like the crossovers are madness. So wow. that network has a bunch of cool people in it. And so that's like eight bucks. T- but the eight bucks goes to all 12 of the guys who yeah. all have their own game. There's a Mario Kart 64 guy. There's a bunch of Mario 64 guys. It's all kinds of games. But um, there's even like composers in there, like the composer for the missing link score um, is in oh, there. Wow. All kinds of stuff. So it's basically supporting a group of people who are around a particular niche it might not just be a podcast network it could yeah. be a broader type of thing so yeah and that's so interesting that that's a certain community that's there did you even dude would you have you guessed that something it. like that would have been there i stumbled upon it in the summer i found this guy kirko yeah. before odeon had come out and i was like enamored with his banjo kazooie mods he like it just is so, so great. well done um and uh and then i just it, you can go really deep down that rabbit hole. Yes. Like it's one of the coolest communities um, 
you know, a hobby that I'd like to pursue whenever I have the time is it inspired me to want to do like a wave race mod. Like you can think of all the custom courses you could do in wave race because like the physics are amazing. Oh, yeah. All the ramps and stuff. Like imagine what you could do modding that game. Um, Jeez. So anyway, and there's it's really still like a budding community. Really kind of the, the hits are all there. Like there's a Smash Remix community. Okay. That does like all kinds of custom characters and courses and stuff. But um, yeah, you should if you're into that type of stuff. I would check it out on Odon because that's where they all are that's trying a, to congregate right now. That's so cool. I didn't even re- – I've been peripherally interested. I know you're using like the the the, the group you, but like if it was for me too, like I've never – I've been like peripherally interested in the modding community, seeing like cool stuff that will pop up and really hit. But that sounds so interesting to me. I'm going to have to actually check that out. Yeah. <laughs> the reason N64 stuff is unique is because it actually – Um, whereas a lot of other, um, modding is like kind of illegal or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, cause you're like manipulating stuff with the Nintendo 64, they're taking the game code, um, itself and they're making like a new derivative work as it's called, but they, you can actually play it on the cartridge. So, or like, there's like a thing called an EverDrive, for example. Yeah, I know that. And like all that type of stuff. So it's just like, you can play it on a Nintendo 64. So it's wow. not the same. T- it's not like the modding that people did in Halo 2 when they were cheating online. It's not that kind of modding. Yeah. It's like actual like ones and zeros manipulation of these, you know, on the cartridge or in the um, in the root directory of yeah. the game. And it's just it's wild stuff. That's really cool. Dang. Uh, that is so, so cool. Um, how's it been going? Because you've been doing this since uh, did you launch in August or July? Maybe August? Uh, we launched it in, in mid-August, it was. Yeah, awesome. still, still pretty new as far as, you know, platforms go. Yeah. Um, there's probably like, you know, 20-something, 30 creators on there, something like that. You know, some trying it out, some pretty active. Um, really depends. A bunch of people who are still coming on. That'll be cool to come out. Um, I would say check it out uh, in like three weeks. There's a totally new version coming out. That really? About. Uh, when is this podcast coming out? This It'll one? probably be here. This, By the time this comes out, it'll be there. It might uh, so. time. It might be really close to exactly three weeks, actually. Yeah, just before Christmas, the new one will come out, and we'll be adding like live streaming too. So, excuse me, you'll be able to do like paywall oh. live stream stuff or switch it back and forth, so you can like simulcast all the platforms, and then for your fans, you can be like, "All right, the second half is for supporters only," and you can cut it off and turn it into just for the subscribers oh, cool. or all kinds of cool stuff. Um, uh, so anyway, but yeah, this pie in the sky stuff, sky's the limit. We'll be doing all kinds of stuff, but this is just the kind of beginning days of it. That's killer. Well, congrats in, and continued good luck with it. Odeon listener. It's like Patreon. TV. There you go. Uh, I was going to repeat it a million times and I was like, that's probably going to be annoying. So I'm not going to have them associate your product with me just just saying things repeatedly at the listener. Um that's really cool. Was there anything else you wanted to share about yourself, or did you did you get to do that to the, to your oh, heart's I think content? It's, I don't know. Born and raised in Oklahoma City, an OU uh, kid. OU kid. I have a question um, for you, actually. Yeah. Um, I, this person is friends with Sam, uh, so maybe you would know her. Do you know someone named Bryce Gangle? I don't. Um, another actor friend who's actually been on the show. She talked about uh, Harvest Moon and Stardew. Um, and Sam, I saw the thumbnail. I should check that out. Yeah. It's, it was a really fun episode and her and Sam are friends though. So I, I thought I'd give it a shot, but 
You never Stardew, know. man, I really need to get into that. I have it on my Switch, and I, I've, like, done it for, like, 45 minutes, and I was like, I do not have the time for this right now because I want to... It was one of those games where, like, I want to make sure I can indulge. I, I'm, I'm really excited to play that. I appreciate that you can recognize that because I do the exact same thing, and that's also why I haven't played Stardew. Is I haven't been in the right spot for it or had the right amount of time. Yeah, I'm, I really want to play that game. Um, but, no, I think that's... Uh, that's most of the background. Killer. Um, well, before we uh, actually talk about, uh, in fact, I don't even think we've introduced the game necessarily. We're, we're not yeah, going to talk, talk about why we're all here. Yeah, I know. Well, before we actually talk about the game, I'm going to hear about your history with games. But really quick, would you tell us uh, and me and the listener what we're going to be talking about today? Today, we're talking about Warcraft 3. Uh, there was the game Reign of Chaos and the expansion pack, The Frozen Throne. Um, it was the third in the original series of Warcraft real-time strategy games from Blizzard. Beautiful. Uh, I think, uh, 2002, I, I saw that it came out in yes. July. Uh, so sweet. Uh, but before we, you know, talk super specific, uh, stu- super specifically to you about your experience at that game, let's hear about your history with Video games leading up to today, sometimes, Riley, people share for five minutes and that's all they want to talk about. Other people talk for like 20, so don't feel like you have any sort of – don't feel like you have to contain yourself because I know you're a big games guy. My first question for you is do you remember when you first like either took an interest in games or 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 there was a game that you just like really wanted to play for the first time? Yeah, so it was there's a, it's a was a multi-stage thing. So I'm going to awesome. split it up between PC or I guess you would they wasn't even called PC gaming at the time in the early mid 90s, yeah. but uh, you know, uh gaming on the computer and then uh console gaming. So I didn't have a console until I was like 8 or 9, okay. something like that. Um uh and there was kind of like a prologue into getting a console, but before my first introduction to playing games was um my older brother uh would play um are you familiar with the mech warrior series no okay mech warrior is the first big mech games uh on pc um he played a game called uh, mercenaries which was the i think the online one like really early online gaming okay late 90s and then uh descent which was a really cool six axis shooter if you're uh you should check out the descent series on good old games on gog.com that's the best place to get it holy cow Dude. is that a really good shooter it's a, it, and so it was the first game that had a z-axis so you could go like pitch y'all like all and you could it was like you could fly around cool. yeah it was amazing i um, think th- i normally don't know the more obscure games people talk about on here but i actually may have played a version of this was it f- well was it, do you know if it was first person perspective or yeah you know you're in the ship yeah it's kind of similar to like you know the star wars like tie fighter yes. and x-wing game in the 90s that but in like uh caves and stuff so you would go through very tight claustrophobic yes. environments shooting these like oh aliens my and stuff. gosh so this is there kind was of that game wow. and then um the, my the series that really got me into gaming was uh star wars i was i loved star wars growing up and so uh so that was the first movie i ever saw on tv when i was like three nice dude um and i played the the rebel assault game rebel assault one and two um this is all back on windows 3.1 which is the OG Windows operating system, um, and I would get on I'd get on MS DOS, and you'd type all the commands, and it's boot the game up. So that was my first. Um, I learned that from watching my uh, older brother do it, and then, um, and then you know, like preschool, 
uh, kindergarten, I had friends who had an NES and a Super NES mm-hmm. at their house, and I was like, "What the heck is this stuff?" <laughs> like it was on a TV, and like so, I had a co- I never got those consoles. Yeah. I just had to only get them there. So Super Mario World and the original Super Mario Brothers three, and yes. those are pretty much the two that I remember most from the time. Was and then um, I have a question for you? Yeah, was it? Did you? actively want to get consoles were you asking for these or uh, i thought it was the coolest thing ever yeah. yeah i don't even remember if i asked for it or not like i don't know if it occurred to me to ask for it there sure. was a point in which i did start asking because <laughs> the result was um my somewhere from the dusty basement i got like an atari i don't know i can't remember the numbers interesting 2600 i think it was a 2600 was the number sure it was one of the ones with the kind of very squarish cartridges that you top down and the joystick was like oh yeah uh, the thing on the top and then the left and right squeezy triggers there was the two buttons that were basically both the same input they just you could just yes. choose which one you wanted to hit and so there was like karate and there was food fight and stuff so before i could get a console she, they just like gave me this old thing and uh so that was my first <laughs> actual console and then in christmas of like some year like 97 or something i got to choose N64 or PlayStation. I actually didn't know the difference at the time. Sure. I wasn't savvy enough, but I just chose N64. Um, oh, wow. Which I believe my parents were happy for because I guess that was a family console. I didn't know any better. But um, so my first games on a console that I that was mine was uh, NHL 99 and Wave Race. Oh, my and, gosh. And Wave Race was my game. I love that game. Dude. And then the first game I ever purchased for myself, I saved up my allowance with Star Fox 64 oh. with the Rumble Pack. And that was... That that was one of my favorite games of all time, and then, uh, and then my first like starting to go to friends' houses uh, events of like in the N sixty four era was my friend William got uh, Ocarina of Time, and oh. like everyone came over and like watched him do the DQ tree the first time, and like I didn't even know like what I was watching. I like Your that game seemed really com- complicated to me. Night. Yeah, it, like it, I didn't even really like get it yet. Like it seemed like a game for like really smart kids or something. Mm-hmm. I like couldn't understand it, um, but uh, it looked really cool. And then eventually, I, the rest is history. But that was like my first stages of gaming epoch. That's cool. Uh, there are yeah. stages to it too. I, I feel sort of the same way about my own life. So it's so fun to hear um, from you. Uh, I would love to see how different your life would have been if you chose the PS One. Oh man, it would have been weird. I don't know. You would have been. I, I, a, I can't really think about it. Yeah, because you'd have been in tech. Yeah, I didn't even even afterwards. I would see those games, and none of them, even at like Best Buy and CompUSA, mm-hmm. they didn't like interest me. Sure. I didn't even. It's. It, it seemed like a very distinct console. Yeah. And I think I was maybe if I was a little bit older, I would have been into it. But the N sixty four was perfect for me. Yeah. Same. I ended up. I I was a Nintendo kid as well. And N64 was the first console that was ever, like, mine. Uh, That was also a Christmas gift, and it was, like, just absolutely fantastic. But I was always intrigued by uh, PlayStation, even through... Like, I didn't get a PlayStation until PS4. Have you ever dove into... I mean, we'll probably get into it. Were you intrigued at the time, or was it still like, that's not really Um, my jam at all? The only time I was ever intrigued, that friend that had Zelda later on, he had all the stuff. He was one of those kids, he had, like, every console. Um, was I wanted um, a PlayStation so that I could play um, Mega Man Legend. Oh, wait, no, that was on uh, 64, but so I could play um, uh, Mega Man X4. Oh, cool. I, that, the Mega Man X series looked really cool to me, and X4 was, yeah. like, awesome. Okay. 
Um, but other than that, we're not really. I had friends that had like Medal of Honor, which was really mm. cool. The original Medal of Honor. Um, the one, the first time I ventured out of Nintendo was uh, I had a couple people I knew that kid again, and another neighbor friend had the Sega Dreamcast. That Ooh. was the one where I was like, "Oh, I want a Dreamcast real bad." I never got one. I now am an owner of a crappy used one. Oh, cool! But, uh, I never. Uh, that was a sick console. Like I loved the Dreamcast whenever I had the chance to play one. Yeah, was it the 3D graphics that got you? Was it a game? Um, the games were great. Sonic Adventure, yes. and Sonic Adventure Two were awesome. <laughs> Marvel versus Capcom uh, was really cool. Um, and the first kind of online games, like there was an alien fighting game online okay. or an alien game online and then um fantasy star online yeah. if you remember that game always i liked online stuff at the time i thought i never got to play any of that but like the notion of playing with friends online was like always a thing i was like man that'd be cool if i could do that totally um yeah and then uh let's see yeah did you have a game boy at all Oh yeah, that's a great. Oh, no, I did get. I got a Game Boy Pocket. Was my first Game Boy. Um, it was a yellow Game Boy Pocket uh, that was gifted to me. Uh, I think we were going skiing in and Breckenridge or something. Mm-hmm. I remember I got the chicken pox uh, that, at that <laughs> no. time. Yeah, and so I ended up couldn't really go skiing as much or whatever. And so I, uh, uh, I had a Game Boy Pocket, and my first game was uh, I had two games. I had um, Ninja Turtles. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, the clan. Oh man, what's that clan name? Foot the, clan. The ba- Foot clan. Yeah, yeah, it was like a r- f- rise of the Foot Clan. And I then know that game. Um, the other one was a baseball game that was a uh, Bo Jackson baseball. Interesting. On Game Boy, that was all I had. Dude, that's great though. Oh I- no, and a Ride or Die. There was a skateboarding game called Ride or Die. That was amazing. Whoa. Um, there was a Game Boy version. You should check that. Out. It was a downhill slalom skateboarding game. That's so cool. Were you ever a, a Tony Hawk kid? Dude, Tony Hawk two is the goat game have you played that on game boy advance that specific one yes that is actually my favorite one dude how dude, good it yeah. finally i feel like i've been looking oh. for my tony hawk 2 gba soulmate and i think i found yeah it. my favorite console one is tony hawk 4 on the gamecube awesome. i think that one was the best one but uh, the, of two two is really good on on consoles and stuff but the game boy one was like so different like the way they adapted it was incredible that i'm no, I, you're the only person I've ever met who's played the GBA one. That was a great game. Dude, I'm still... That that game I got when I got my Game Boy Advance for my birthday that year that it came out, um, and that Tony Hawk was the one of the two... Maybe two games that I got with it, and I, I'm still like really impressed that they were able to make that work and that it's able to like function well. I played it earlier this year again. Yeah. Oh, wow. How can you even find a copy? I, think, I still have. I've never gotten rid of actually, it. actually <laughs> uh, an interesting segue. The reason I even like that game in Warcraft 3 is I think the the isometric uh, yeah. camera angle is just a very under... I love that games mm-hmm. that use that perspective. Um, and Tony Hawk pulled that off really well. Uh, totally. Yeah. Still very impressed. I, I guess there's an SSX tricky one out there made by the same people, but I don't can't oh, imagine that. Oh, you're right. No, it was... Uh, when SSX3 came out, I never played that one. The GBA one. Uh, I wouldn't, yeah. I don't know if SSX it SSX tricky for GameCube is hard to beat. That was... Really is. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, this, this is so much fun. Um, I also wanted to add before I asked you another question that Tony Hawk 3 happens to be my favorite console one, but I love I love the first four so much and Underground. But um, after this like 
uh, beginning of this love of video games, um, where did you can were you consistently playing games like through most of your life? Did you have any like real dark periods or any real like other booms that you wanted to talk about? I think it was pretty consistent. I was like a half PC, half console person, mm-hmm. so I kept. I was never like a hardcore PC gamer. Like I played a lot of Star Wars games. Um, uh, uh, it's like Battlefront, the original mm-hmm. Battlefront, um, Battlefield, Vietnam, the spinoff to Battlefield 1942. It was really great. Um, lots of strategy stuff like uh, Sim Tower. I loved that. Okay. I love strategy games on PC a lot. Um, Star Wars. uh the one that was like the Age of Empires kind of ripoff that sure. Star Wars did, uh, Battlegrounds, I think it was called. Um, there was a, a, a Chinese economy game called Empire Rise of the Emperor Rise of the Something <laughs> that I loved. That was like a city builder. Like I love city builders where you like micromanage that type of thing. Okay. Um, which all of those types of games at the time could only work on PC, which is why I had that because on console it just you couldn't really do rts games yeah. at all it was um not not the thing and then console you know was more like the branded game stuff of like nintendo all that first party stuff yes was when I, I when i kept on the console so it was pretty concurrent okay um cool and warcraft 3 was my first um foray into like online gaming Ooh. on a pc so that's why i was really important that's awesome uh it, it really sounds like You've even named some sports games today that aren't Tony Hawk, but it sounds like you like a pretty wide variety of genres. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I'll play pretty much anything if it's good. I'm a gameplay guy. Hell yeah. That's my guy. Gameplay guy. Riley Gameplay Guy Smith. Um, uh, On the heels of that question, I wanted to ask you if uh, there are any RPGs that are close to your heart from past or present. Um, in terms of RPGs, I, I never really got into JRPGs. I did like, um, strategy tactical RPGs a lot. So I, I had, um, Final Fantasy Tactics, although I never really got into it because I didn't own a PlayStation. I would bring it over to my brother's place and I played on his PS2. There is a one, um, there's a series called the, the Ogre Battle Series. And there was one on GBA called, um, Tactics Ogre. If you can find that game, Tactics Ogre on GBA is a near perfect uh, game you should check that out um it's like a way better version of final fantasy tactics like the art is great the story's great um i have a friend who loves that game specifically former guest on the show uh jacques Molyneux loves ogre battles that's so cool to yeah. hear another person like it i just tried to get the one um on my uh wii u i have um I've had for a long time Ogle Battle 64 and I just booted it up and like it's way too complicated. Oh. I don't know if I'm going to get into the tutorial takes like 45 minutes and I didn't even finish it. So oh, dang. I'm, uh, I'm but no, I know I've heard it's a cool series. And, ter- and then like this, I might I didn't even know what RPGs were for a long time. I thought Zelda was an RPG sure. when I was playing it. Some people up, still so do. I, like, misunderstood- <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, RPGs, I think the only one I really got into was Fantasy Star Online 2 on GameCube. Cool. That was the most i ever dove into like that type of sure. I get a little bit of a nice of the old republic probably okay gotcha it's probably the most i got yeah kotor baby as i've heard people call it uh that is fantastic um uh the last question i have for you uh about your gaming history is um have you played anything in the last i know you haven't had a ton of time to play recently well 
within the recent history you have recently, is there a game, one of those GameCube games that you've been playing recently that you're really digging? Um, there's, so the ones I have on deck right now, uh, I'm playing actively, um, uh, Rogue Squadron 3, uh, which was the sequel to the GameCube Rogue Squadron that had more levels and that had a multiplayer version of the Rogue Squadron 2 on it, Rogue Leader. Um, so I'm playing that right now. Uh, I have SSX Tricky that I kind of got back into and then, um, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, um, I have, I'm going to. I've only I'm about an hour in. I know that one's that's another one where I need to have the time to do it type of totally. a thing. But um, well, there's another one. But uh, yeah, it, playing that game, man, games used to be way harder. Like it's I'm like to get a perfect, not even a perfect score, just like a high score is yeah. like really hard on those games, man. On like that tricky, uh, trick on tricky yeah. on on the start with the Star Wars game to get like the highest medal is like. The criteria is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that's what I'm I'm digging back into right now is old GameCube games. I love that. Uh, I had to ask because I love the GameCube. Um, I can see my little my little Indigo GameCube down there. His, his laser doesn't work so well anymore, so I play stuff on the Wii. I actually I played on the Wii. Yeah, the Wii is what I'm using to play it. Actually, the smart I, smart cookie. The the game that I've actually was going to try to stream, but I'm having trouble with my, one of my adapters is uh, Spider-Man 2 on the GameCube. Oh, that is, that is a top 20 all-time game. I'm not even kidding. Dude. That's, I'd say that's like number 20 in the top 20 games of all time is Spider-Man 2 on GameCube. I loved it so much as a kid and I, I just played Miles Morales and I wanted to get back into this one. So I got it off of eBay for very cheap. I have a memory about that game that I played that game. uh, We used to, um, uh, one of my extended family, they had a house at uh, this place in Oklahoma called Grand Lake. It's up in the northeast corner okay. of the state. Um, it's in kind of basically as the country turns into the Ozarks, where the where the show oh. is from. It's like that type of climate. Um, it's a, like a it's like a baby lake of the Ozarks. Sure. Um, and we had a GameCube there. It was like the original days of uh, when G4 TV was coming up. So we'd like watch Attack of the Show. Oh, no uh, way. And X Play. And then, you know, at night we'd uh, play spider-man 2 or to swimming man that was that sounds like actual paradise oh it Um, was it was great you go jump off a cliff into the water watch some x play uh, and then play spider-man 2 oh to be young uh uh, i have i know i said i had my last question for you now i have another question which is um and i'm gonna say something about myself first which is i never watched g4 growing up i didn't know it existed if it did i would have watched it religiously um but i've heard a lot about it recently did you check out their thanksgiving reunion special no i didn't i i've just followed the twitter that says they're bringing it back but i have i didn't know they were making are they making content again now they i feel like they've not done a good job of marketing to me because i've been waiting to get back into it so keep your ears open g4 um here's what i know is that they're planning they're actually booting up with their content next year 2021 but they are they released a they did a Thanksgiving reunion special, I think, to build a little hype for it. And again, I never have watched a second of G4 aside from like some YouTube archives recently, but I thought it was pretty funny and pretty good. Dude, it was so good. Attack of the Show was the best. Kevin Ferreira and Morgan Webb's thing was was great. Like they were the the best hosts uh, in my memory. That was just a phenomenal awesome. show. It was like before well, it, th- 
the rise of YouTube, right? I, I don't. I yes. think the reason it can't exist anymore is because there's so much of that on YouTube. But at the time, it was mm-hmm. remarkable. I think that if you were a fan of the show, I think you'd really like this special. I thought it was like pretty freaking funny. All right, I gotta um, check it out. Who's what channel? How did you watch? It's on this? YouTube. Oh, it's just on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, great. I gotta check it out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Highly recommend. Um, uh, Riley, before we take a quick break and then get into Warcraft Three, was there anything else about your history that you didn't get to share? Something vitally important, or are you ready to move? Now let's do it. Okay, cool. Uh, well, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come right back. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcasts can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, with uh, my Tony Hawk 2 on the GBA soulmate, as we've learned, Riley Smith, um, talking about Warcraft 3 today. Uh, And as we get back in, Riley, I want to share a little bit of uh, history and context with the guest, with the the guest, not with the guest, you know this stuff, with the listeners uh, about Warcraft 3 before we dive in, Um, before we, you know, hear your personal stuff. So, uh, I'm going to start sharing, Riley, at literally any point. If you're like, hey, man, I actually know this really well and I think it's better coming out of my mouth, um, then just start talking or take over. Uh, and Or if you're like, hey, I actually could just start telling. I want to hear you say it. You <laughs> okay, fine, mister, I'll do it. Uh, I'll jump right in. Um, but also feel free to add on at any point. Uh, Warcraft 3 is a high-fantasy real-time strategy video game developed and published by Blizzard in July 2002. And it's the, as Riley said earlier, second sequel to the Warcraft Orcs and Humans game and the third game set in the Warcraft fictional universe uh, and is the first to be rendered in 3D. Had you played a Warcraft before this one, or was this the first? I had a friend that... uh introduce me to warcraft 2 because warcraft 2 was probably warcraft 1 wasn't really a big deal yeah um, but warcraft 2 had introduced um battle.net which then yes. exploded when starcraft came out but i believe i believe warcraft 2 came out before starcraft if i'm not mistaken okay um uh or it was like near simultaneous or something but i had seen that game i never played that game gotcha um, warcraft 3 is my first and in foray into blizzard games in general three was you said yeah. Gotcha. Do you remember if this 3D thing was a big deal back then? The graphics? Yeah, because if you look at the old one, it was like uh, all the previous games, even like StarCraft, right? They have the they have the isometric perspective, yes. but it's like 2D sprites running over like really nice background. Kind of like but Donkey was, Kong Country almost. In, in Warcraft 3, you could zoom the camera in and out. So even though it was isometric, you could actually like you could the camera could move around and you can go i could get right behind a character so it, when people would mod it 
um, you could do all kinds of crazy stuff with the engine. Um, so it did render all of the camera and lighting, even though it was at perspective, which was very unique for a... Um, I think the games after that that might have done that were like the 3D Command and Conquer games mm. and that sort of thing. But um, that was uh, one of the first truly 3D RTS games. That's awesome. I, I think it's easy to forget right now. I'm going off on a tangent, but how cool and impactful uh 3d graphics were when we finally got them and then when they were uh fine-tuned especially Uh, like 2002 this sort of like gamecube ps2 xbox era seem really seems like a time where they they polished it well because obviously the n64 i adore the n64 a lot of those games to me look kind of crappy now um yeah they're pretty dated it's just a second wave at this uh technology so i was i was just sort of curious so thank you for entertaining that question really um Mm -hmm. uh and then uh, getting back into the history and context uh an expansion pack the frozen throne was released a year later um and this game uh set several is set several years after the events of warcraft 2 and chronicles the combined efforts of the human alliance orcish horde and night elves to stop them before they can corrupt the world tree um you also told me a few times that the frozen throne was just like everybody had it that was expected that this is your experience yeah because mainly this was like there's the story background but everyone played this for the online this was like a competitive online game um yeah, uh, I, I can not even start because we could start talking about all the type of stuff. <laughs> Warcraft 3 is it's not only my favorite game, but it's like arguably one of the most influential games of all time, whether you know it or not, because it spawned actual new genres of gameplay. Like most of the genres that people play today or that exploded on mobile, that exploded on PC and console, like yeah. originated on as mods on Warcraft 3. Um, wow, what are, so, I mean, yeah. we can totally start getting into that. I mean, like, what are are there some examples that you remember or yeah, like the entire tower defense genre was started Jeez. as uh, a mod in um warcraft 3 because there were tower units that you used to defend your base and then people and mods would turn it into oh we'll just make all the units towers and we'll make all the enemies walk through with it and pe- so there was um tower wars was like an fighting each other with towers game mm-hmm. where it was like a race to beat each other and then tower defense was we're all on the same team and we're going to fight the waves of hordes that come at us progressively that'd get harder and harder and you, people would build mazes and trick the end. You'd try to extend the amount of time and damage that you could do to all the stuff coming at you before it got to the exit point. And, okay. You know, when there's 30 enemies through, you all lose or something like that. And there's a lot of like team oriented tower defense games, which is really cool. So it'd be like everyone's responsible for their own lane. Some have merger lanes and all types of stuff. And then um, the obviously arguably the most important one right now is, uh, is MOBAs. Um, yeah. Do- the Dota game Dota start was a, Warcraft 3 mod. Um, but even before Dota, there was um, proto Dota's called like Aeon of Strife, which was like a three way type Dota thing. So it was a triangle and there's three, it was 3v3v3. Oh, wow. Um, there was other versions of uh, Dota before Dota All Stars, which then um, the original, uh, there was three guys who created Dota. Um, uh, the second one, I can't remember the first one. The second one mod's name was Gwensu, and then the third one was Ice Frog. Ice Frog <laughs> left to go. Ice Frog and Pendragon left to go um, start Riot Games and create League of Legends. So they oh left my to actually go make yeah. And then and then Ice Frog. No, sorry, not I. Let me get this right. Pendragon was a mod guy who contributed. He started League of Legends, and I believe Valve hired Ice Frog to make Dota two. 
So that's the original story um, of how that wow. became, that was a breeding ground for real developers to go create these games in the future. Um, and then like the original mods were really cool. So that game came out a few years. So 2002, that Christmas was the two towers came out, Lord of the Rings. So the Dude. first major mod was a Helm's Deep simulation. So people rebuilt Helm's Deep in Warcraft 3 and you would just play the thing. You would be, some people would be these guys and some people would be the orcs and you would just when I th- fight the Battle of Helm's Deep. When I think of tower defense, anything like that, I immediately think of Helm's Deep. And when you were describing things just now, I was imagining like Gimli and Legolas and Aragorn. That is... It started in Warcraft 3. What in good timing. That, yeah, that was all the same year. Um yeah, and there's a man. There's a whole bunch of other genres I can't even think of right now. But um, yeah, I think the the Warcraft editor there they had a the, the reason mods were popular is because Blizzard was one of the first companies to also make an editor, so you could edit the game on your own. All the assets, like you could get really sophisticated. They basically wow. made a whole army of developers out of um, the players of the yeah. game, and. Um, yeah, it was so there was like the competitive thing, but you could go in the online interface that chat and all this stuff. You could get custom games and it would just bring up in your uh, realm, so to speak, like a rolling active list of games and lobbies and people just like host maps. Right. So you could download Zotar TD or download Elemental Dude. TD or download Helm's Deep and you could just host the games and people would join. Right. So it was really incredible. Oh, my goodness. That is it's almost mind blowing uh, and just so exciting. Um, before we uh, dive a little further into, that, it's just it's just crazy to see how influential it actually that, that game <laughs> that this game is. Um, before we move on from the uh, from the history and context, would you give us an idea uh, of I could I could spell it out, but like what an RTS game usually entails in its like most basic level yeah so uh there's the overall genre of strategy games uh which you know which is micro two people trying to out micromanage each other basically yeah. it's a strategy <laughs> game um uh, historically there was turn-based strategy games that was the original strategy game which obviously comes from chess and checkers and stuff like that mm. um and then you would have you know the tact like final fantasy tactics and Civ games, Civilization games, and like all of those games were fundamentally turn-based. And then Blizzard introduced real-time strategy. I believe it was Blizzard or maybe the developer of Command and Conquer, hmm. but real-time strategy, which was same thing, but now there's no clock stoppage. Clock just keeps going and you got to go until the clock goes out or until you get beat, right? So it was the first game where like you're strategizing, okay. but you're just like living in real time. So that's what real-time strategy uh, means there's no taking turns you're trying to do it faster than the other person so that you can beat them awesome uh very cool and then the last question before we talk about your personal history with this game and and the you know the whole shebang is that i heard you say this earlier and i just want to get you on record is, did you is this your favorite game i would say um favorite games really hard for me yes uh, just because no pressure like, you don't have to commit to anything now i'm just i i kind of like think to this log is the it. most yeah this is the most important game to me cool in my life I, my favorite game and like as a gamer um is like majora's mask is like top five for me the last of us Ooh. i think is probably the greatest game in terms of like storytelling sure um breath of the wild is pretty high up there um 
Halo Three and Halo Two have a special place in my heart. And there, I think I'm a, I'm like a pick a genre, and I can pick my favorite yes. game. But uh, picking it's think, it's impossible yeah. to pick one. It's so difficult. But I would say War, Warcraft Three is probably my favorite game of all time. The only downside is that you can't because of the new re-release version that we talked about off the air. You can't like go back and enjoy it like you can all these other games, yeah. which is really disappointing. Because my the reason I loved it was the multiplayer, the online multiplayer, and you can't go back to that experience anymore. Um, which is very sad. And but um, is that because they got rid of the server, or they replaced it with this new with the re the re- they replaced it with the new game? But then all of the old Battle.net stuff that they supported, there's no, there's still in the new thing. There's no ranked ladders anymore. There's no chat rooms. Like chat rooms were such a big part of Warcraft yeah. Three, where you could like, uh, oh, another here's another uh, fact about gaming history. I don't know if it was the first. I don't think it was the first game, but it was one of the ones that popularized it was clans. So Warcraft Three. Oh, but there are people who had clans that would makeshift, and eventually people did it so much that they actually built clan making as a feature of the game. So you could invite people to clans. You could have like that's clan so matchmaking and all the type of stuff. Um, it, so uh, yeah, it was a whole thing, and, and the chat community was like a huge part of it. There was like, you know, you'd enter a like Dota was the best one, right? Once Dota got really popular, there was the Dota chat room, and so you'd like wait, you could wait in there for like officially ranked matches like they even got more sophisticated where you'd wait to get into not just a random custom game of some rando but like on the ladder that they made and it, you'd have a bot that would wait there was like trivia bots for people to hang out and oh wow dota trivia questions or sports trivia questions like this the whole community aspect was incredible Dang. Of, um like the lobbies that you'd wait into to, and because it could hold up to 100 people in the lobby at one time wow um, what a world and, and and the new one they got rid of all that so you can't do that anymore what a, that is seems i'm so, so i would just like to say personally i'm sorry that that happened to that community because yeah. that sucks oh uh, here's the other one i'll tell you the one that really makes everybody mad because dota hit it off and all those games like i said before when they became their own thing now when you make a custom game with uh warcraft 3 blizzard owns all the rights to it so no one wants to make new custom games anymore because oh if you upload it it's theirs like a uh, stu- like a certain settings for this match no, no, the game itself. If you publish, if you make a map with Warcraft Three, oh, yeah. Blizzard just owns the rights to it. So they, what they don't want to happen is another Dota because Valve owns Dota now, mm. and Blizzard perceives that as lost income, basically. Um, that does really stink. Yeah. Ugh, I hate the way the world works a lot of the time, and that's we'll add that to the list. Uh, well, um. Aside from, you know, talking about this game, any more about this game's history, how successful it was, um, talking about the the remaster, which you got to dive into us for a little bit, I would love to finally start, you know, peeling this onion uh, and get into your history with it. Uh, I don't know if you shared earlier how you discovered this game, but uh, either way, would you mind walking us down that road? Yeah, I think I honestly can't remember who tipped me off about it. I think it was maybe the friend that introduced me to Warcraft 2 and StarCraft. Um, I remember one of the thing, the reasons that we thought Warcraft 2 was cool was not because of the gameplay, but at the time, Blizzard was really famous for their near photorealistic um, uh, cutscenes. So like Diablo and Diablo 2, if oh. you recall, had like amazing cutscenes um, for their storytelling. Like Blizzard pioneered high resolution that storytelling. That was a bad, big deal back yeah. then. Yeah, and if, if you remember, like, even watch the original StarCraft, go play the original disc, yeah. and then they would cut, they play this, like, you know, these little sprites, right? <laughs> and they cut to the story, and it was like, oh, man, that's, like, the guy's, like, chewing a cigar, and, like, all the, it just, like, looks so real. 
and Warcraft did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And when Warcraft 3 came out, I don't know if he showed me or if I was like exposed to it some way, but it was like every game they released, they would like amp it up. And Warcraft 3 was like the cinematics were gorgeous. Sure. Um, uh, but so I don't remember how I was exposed to it, but I remember wanting it and asking for it. And um, you don't remember the moment, uh, but you remember the feeling. I remember, yeah, and I remember um, it was uh, I uh, f- my first intro to getting to play it was it had to be like on my mom's computer so they could like regulate the onlineness so like I had it installed <laughs> I could play like you know an hour and a half a day which yes. is like enough to play like one point five games yeah and the RTS game it could be twenty minutes it could be an hour depending on. You know, games, strategy games can really vary. In I'm terms sure you of had length, those so. discussions with your parents too. Like, guys, yeah. I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm sorry. No, exactly. I just yeah. started this one. I'd be like, I'm in the middle of, uh, <laughs> of yeah. So I have been there, but, uh, dude. So that was my introduction. Uh, and then eventually I got it on my own computer and uh, really, really hit the gas pedal when I had, the, when the time limits were off, I played tons of Warcraft 3. I love it. Uh, when... You were, were you already like very, very, very into it before that time, before you got your own computer and were able to just like. Oh yeah. I loved, uh, uh, playing it. Um, actually, this is funny. There's a segue here. It was also my first introduction to, uh, like building a PC, um, not in like, not in the way that people do it like themselves, but in terms of, uh, uh, I was my mom's computer didn't uh run it very well and i was very aware that i was like laggy and i was like oh this sucks so um at the time uh dell computers was one of the first companies to where you could build your own pc on the internet like it, like oh, check sure. it, like, pick your uh, that type of thing and so and like customize your order basically and so that actually that's actually how i learned about pc performance specs was like i would just fantasize about building dell pc Whoa. so i'd be like oh i'll get the this megahertz and that megahertz. So eventually when I got a new one, I knew what I was talking about with that. I had, it was a Pentium 4 hyper-threading Sony VAIO desktop or whatever. Jeez. I was like, that's what I'm going to play Warcraft 3 on. And then then it was perfect. Um, but yeah, that trained me to know about uh, computers a bit more uh, and learn about game performance. Uh, yeah. That's so interesting. What will like, what one interest will lead you down to learning about something else, like a different route. That's so cool. Uh when you first got into this game, if you remember, um, what do you remember enjoying about it or what like hooked you when you were playing it? Was it still like the uh, prospect of these cutscenes that you were going to see or was it the oh, game? Oh, no, the game itself, like the strategy, like, oh man, the strategy elements were just so great. So Warcraft 3 has um, what most RTS games have, which is Fog of War. So you can't see where your opponents are, right? So the oh, yes. game starts... The whole map is fog of war except for the spot where you're on um and so you start out it's like your base and there's like there's a gold mine and there's a bunch of trees so you can work after you can uh mine gold and you can chop down trees those are the two main resources and there's a third like shadow resource which is food um and food is just basically a cap on the units you can make and there's like it multiplies the threshold the more you make so you can you know eventually have 30 or 40 units or something so it wasn't like starcraft or starcraft is a numbers game where you just get like an overwhelming number of things fast warcraft um cut the like number of units that you would micromanage way down and the units themselves had a lot more properties so you'd have like oh guys with different types of shields and sword uh attack and defense things so like uh different units would be stronger versus different things and um just like the trying to 
outsmart somebody who you haven't even encountered yet. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're guessing and then you run into them and you're like, oh shit, that's, oh, they got the spiders. Now I got to make the other thing real fast. Yeah. So you're like fighting battles over here and then scrolling back to your base to build stuff while you're fighting and the whole micromanaging aspect of it. And like, so that's where, and I learned about hotkeys. So you would, yes. if you were good, you would eventually start, you would program all your buildings to hotkeys. So like I can fight and then like quickly, you know, hockey my way into unit production while I'm fighting. And you adapted, you didn't want to, Yeah, I really liked the way that it would force you to think about so many elements in concert. Like the pressure was always really high. Whereas like, you know, in shooters, right. It's like, you got one focus, it's what's on the reticule. Yeah. And like, you know, you have a sense of who's around on the map and how to like outflank people, but it's very, um, it's very like athletically oriented. Uh, whereas, strategy game real-time strategy games are even more dynamic than a regular even chess right chess is like a one-to-one like when it's turn-based right oh i see what that guy's gonna do i'm gonna react but in a real-time strategy game like you're managing like 30 different reactions at one time because it's like oh i'm gonna have to build this thing because he has spiders that do piercing damage to light shields i need knights that have medium shields so that they do less damage to this thing oh but then he's gonna counter my knights so oh i'm gonna need to make griffins that fly so them can't do it oh but the spiders they can get the web thing that brings the the flying guys down if he researches that thing so i can get another thing to i'll get casters which are you know magical units to put anti-magic shields on like you just have to like it spirals out of control it keeps evolving it sounds like yeah and it's like it's like playing like five chess masters at the same time and that's what i really liked about it and it was like but it wasn't like chess insofar as you don't actually know what someone's going there's like possible moves but like it spirals out of the move set spirals out of control in a way that chess is more contained and so i just always liked like you can't fully know for certain um it's just uh, the 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 dance is really great that's and the better you get the quicker games actually go so those cycles just get really fast so when you watch pros play it'll be like a 25 minute game and like dang that's it because they're just they they advance so quickly. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Game. I also love that we've talked so much about spiders on this episode. I gotta say, not not something I expected. All the spider mm-hmm. talk. Oh, here's another thing about it that I like. So, whereas most real time strategy games have, um, it's just unit micromanagement. Um, Warcraft also introduced heroes. So there was special units called heroes, and that was there's this like light RPG element where they would you'd make a hero. You could have up to three. And they would level up. So they have the spells and all the special stuff. Yes. They're like your super heavy units, right? Which is where World of Warcraft ended up coming from was that type, that unit class is like, oh, what if you could just be a hero the whole time? Yeah. That's where the whole genre, oh, MMORPG genre came from. But um, That's so cool. I got to see uh, a little bit of that uh, gameplay and seeing those heroes pop up. They even like look really cool because they're so much bigger than your other little guys. Yeah, yeah. And so, and there's a whole, you know, chess match out of that stuff too, right? As um, yeah, the heroes and like the races balancing against each other. And I don't know. Yeah, that was, that, I like that differentiation okay. compared to most other strategy games. Cause it just like throws a little sauce in there. That's just like puts you on your heels. I love it. Uh, that's fantastic. Now, when, uh, when you did finally move to where things, the rubber really hit the road, you got your own computer up in your room. Is that when the online aspect of it really kicked in for you? Or like, or do you yeah. want to, can you talk about either of those? 
Yeah, the competitive online. So they had a really good ladder system. So you could play one on one, two on two, three on three, or four on four. Most people love to play four on four. So you could get it's called awesome. RT. RT was a random team and AT was a ranged team. So you could do both where like only oh. where you're pairing up with friends. So that's obviously more competitive because you know, you know, pros will pair up with each other, or you play random team, which was, you know, just regular matchmaking and it was ranked. Uh, and so you could, you know, level up and had it was one of the first um games that had uh, skill based matchmaking mm-hmm. um integrated so the higher you go the harder it gets and there's um and then you could like the more you won with a certain race so you you were incentivized to like on oh, get a bunch of wins as the undead or night elf because you would get uh your icon and chat and stuff would change oh. um, based on that so like 25 wins and undead i'd get this guy 150 or 500 oh, okay. wins so it was like there was this whole prestige element to like, oh, that's a really good undead player. That's a really good human player or whatever. Um, that's so and had, awesome. Like, re- and it even broke down. Like I could click someone's profile and I could see their win-loss ratio like per race, like what he's bad at and what he's good at. Um, it was just the whole kid and caboodle was really cool. Um, and then my first uh, clan, when clans started, when I discovered what clans even were, um, there's a clan called Clan Waffle. Ruffle? Uh, Waffle, W-U-F-F-L-E. Um, I got you. And uh, they were just like really nice. And I, so you had to like make a new account, right? Before before they games built in the tag mechanic, the way you made a clan was you had to make a new account. You'd have to say uh, Waffle underscore and then whatever your name was going to be. Oh, so cool. then you were in the group, right? So I'd make, I, for, uh, I forgot what mine was. Waffle, oh man, wow, I forgot what my Waffle name was. But um yeah, that was my first, you know, group, and uh, that was it was easy to find people to pair up in those like arranged team games, which are really fun. Um, and yeah, the whole clan, the people, just like finding communities together on there was really cool. And then eventually, Blizzard uh, introduced the feature formally, so it was all a built-in feature, and oh, you could great. have clan channels and all that type of stuff. But um, yeah, man, wow, it was uh, for, that was my introduction to like online community and i really i mean no games really do that anymore like halo 2 was like the last one to me where they they had a built-in clan mechanic Mm -hmm. i don't know if you played that but xbox original xbox live had clans on and halo 2 and you could um so instead of like running into friends randomly you could just like jump into games with clan people or like you you had a ready group of people to jump into that weren't like your friends but like you had the yeah the group association and yeah interesting warcraft warcraft 3 just got me into that whole uh way of communicating it was great that's fantastic did you uh, find yourself playing with uh, actual friends that you knew from real life or are you playing with friends you met online yeah. uh, a couple of my so, uh, my friend robert uh played it a lot um i like three or four friends who actually had it it was a big enough game that it became a cult hit just everyone, enough everyone people had too. It. yeah um i and there but most of my close friends had it um my my brother had it uh yeah everyone played it especially in the kind of second half like in the mid 2000s when like dota when the custom game scene really took off like everyone played dota all stars mm-hmm. um and so that was like that became the game into it so people bought warcraft 3 just to play dota okay. at a certain point people actually didn't even play the original game anymore like that's how big the custom game scene got wow um when you would play with like your crew would you were there certain days you would play? Were you playing every day? Were you playing certain matches? I'd love every to know what this looked like. Every day after school. Yeah, every day after school. And sometimes they'd even have, they had a calendar 
late in the game's life where um in the upper corner it would say like a tournament's coming soon so we would actually plan out like oh there's a 2v2 coming <laughs> oh. on thursday so we'll do a 2v2 tournament um or whatever and it was like you know uh for if two, if two losses and you were done so like you would uh really high stakes uh, oh, wow. tournament play um yeah, we'd every every day after school, man, like two three hours a day. Was were your parents home? Were they were they not like? Oh, yeah. Were they you getting snacks? They like yeah, I mean, I was a pretty good student, so I could, I got my work done. Nice, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, you were you of... you were the person who pioneered the phrase "work hard, play hard," right? Yeah, I, I think it was. I'm a I'm a work smarter, not harder. Okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, didn't didn't use a planner. None of that. I wasn't that kind of. I was pretty good in school, so it wasn't it wasn't too much of a burden. So that's awesome. And you, you will know, just get away game. with so much more uh, with with your parents if that's the case. As as another kid who did uh, well in early parts of school, yeah, you just your leniency grows, like your leash grows. So you the time limits start disappearing. Uh, it's probably also an age thing as you get older, I'm sure too. Yeah. High, high school, I played it the most. Yeah, high school, it was Warcraft 3 and Halo 2. That was pretty much the two games. Uh, that sounds so that great. Um, were you guys, would you just chat? Was there any video, or not video chat, but any voice chat capabilities? Would you just no, type to each all, other? All, all typed, yeah. Everything was typed. Dude. Which just, is great. That's crazy. I remember those those days of that's the only way you could communicate playing games I've, I've got spoiler but for the game recommendation segment later i have another game it's uh s- similar in some ways and it's same thing there's like no voice chat because this was like 2005 when we were playing a game online so of course it was just text uh so i guess the next question i had for you uh was it was off the heels of something you just said you were saying you played this game through high school. Uh, how long did you play this game uh, from like the beginning of your first love with it? Did you play oh, it for I, years? I, yeah, I played this game as recently as my sophomore year of college. Oh in my, my apartment. goodness. Yeah, so I played this from 2002 to 2009, 2010. Wow. I can't imagine like in modern days a game getting like server dedication for that long or getting yeah, supported I mean, world of warcraft's the only one i would say that still has that um level of support and that's because it has a subscriber base but uh i never i can never get in i tried warcraft world of warcraft but i never i'm not an mmo guy i just couldn't get into it um were you and when you all were as you were playing through the years, did your crew stay the same? Did it change? What did it? Did you end up just playing by yourself? Oh no, most people fell off. I mean, I had a couple of people that I knew that some of my closer friends I would play from time to time, but that was mostly just playing Dota gotcha. now and then. But uh, yeah, I just loved playing it. Yeah, it really fell off. Um, yeah, we're not around time was when they started supporting it less, and they it, it was also in the heyday of like hacking. Um, we're, and now it's a lot oh. easier for developers to, um, stop that. But at the time when there's less dedicated servers, um, p- you know, people would have like mo- hacks Hack that would turn cheat. the fog, fog of war off and like, oh, they can see everything you're doing and that sort of thing. So uh, there was a point where they stopped banning people and that's when it became unplayable because it was just cheaters. Um, oh, that's so, so yeah. that this ruins it for everyone. One turd in the yeah. punch bowl. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that. That's a bummer, but I'm glad you still got so much time with it. Um, do you have any like specific 
because you, you seem from our conversation today to have a I've and this is it stuck out to me more than any of our other times hanging out. Seems like you have a pretty good specific memory. Do that being the case, now that I've uh, set you up, do you have any like specific memories of playing this game or like really fun moments or or like a feeling of a rage you did? Anything like that was like really big for you? Oh man. I know that's kind of um, an on the spot question. There were a lot of like thrilling moments in game of like, you know, there was a couple, you know, Dota matches that were like an hour and 45 minutes where it's like so competitive, <laughs> like a marathon thing. And then eventually somebody wins, like you win. And it's like, oh, you just like lean back type of a thing. Um, or, uh, you know, getting on like a good win streak, right? When you get it going, it's, it was really hard to even win like three, four games in a row. And sometimes you get that thing, like you're doing an arranged team, which is already hard. And it's like, oh, we won 10 games in a row. That's like unheard of. Wow. Um, those streaks were really, that was the high that you were chasing. But I don't, I don't have any like, um, I think that moment of like using my mom's computer and trying to get online, that yeah. was probably the most uh, emotional That's cool. one. Um yeah, and then just, just playing with my friends. That's awesome. And you guys were, is it fair to say you were pretty dang good? Oh. Is it uh, hard to say because it was such a huge thing? I was, um, I fluctuated between like a 45% win rate and like a 55% win rate, gotcha. which is above average, uh, but middle of the road. Uh, if you were like 55 or 60% up, you were really good. Okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, I could do it, but not for a sustained. I was basically a fifty-fifty. Yeah. Uh, player. Would you? The last little kind of specific question I have would be like, when you were fully like off leash, were you just playing this as like like late into the night? Would you just like? Oh yeah. Just mainline usually, hours usually of this. Usually that was Dota. Yeah, it, Dota mostly. Like it really it became like a Dota game for it. There was a big, when, when Dota all-star was in its heyday, it was like, you actually play that game, play Dota. Like that became the scene. Um, cause it was, uh, yeah, the, the upper echelons of the traditional part of the game, the strategy game were, um, man, people were really good. Like you, it, that was the people measured their skill and actions per minute. That was like when I was introduced to that, which is like how, um, you know, like the competitive Korean players would play and stuff. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this guy can do like 150 APM. And it was like, I'm pretty sure I can't even do one action per second. Like That's crazy. Like, yeah. And that was like, you know, how many keyboard inputs, yeah. how many mouse clicks. And like, I remember like watching someone play and I could hear the clicking of their <laughs> clicking and clacking. And I was like, there's no way I'll ever twitch that fast. That, that was kind of when I gave up that whole thing. Do Dota, I think the reason Dota got popular is because it definitely reduced the, um, the like mental load of uh micromanaging because like, you're focusing on one character gotcha so it was more regular team dynamics of yeah i i think uh that's probably the reason if you haven't even seen a big rts game since then like wow no no one make, i mean think about it no one makes pc rts games anymore yeah it's just like not a thing Jeez, uh I, I like to think that when you wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night it's just it's not because of a specific dream it's just hearing the keyboard like getting smacked by some incredible player yeah, clack, it's clack, that, clack, it was clack. that. It was the clacking and then the, the mouse clicks. So when you hear it, it's just like nonstop. And it's like, I don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> like, it's like, where are you clicking? But it's there like, yeah, the, those people were just like really good at the game. So that kind of, 
Yeah. Oh, once you realize what the upper bound is and like, oh, I'll never achieve that, then most people would just go hang out in custom games because that's where the fun was had. Awesome. Um, uh, I I also actually I had another thought come to mind as you were sharing. Was there a particular and this maybe it evolved over the over time. Was there a strategy you like to employ, a way you like to play, a race you like to use? Like, how did Riley play this game from what you could remember? Oh, that's uh, Undead was my favorite race for sure. Um, they had a couple unique attributes. You had to build only on blighted ground um, for building. So when you built a building, it would have blight underneath. So you couldn't like build um, just anywhere. Whereas any other race could build on any terrain. Oh, the undead, gotcha. you, a blight spawn from your main base. So you could only like, there was crazy strategies of like, um, go build an actual second base, like right next to that. And then build a bunch of <laughs> like the strategies you could build are crazy. Like a common one with undead was to go build towers in their base as early as possible. Oh my because, gosh. Because the, because the early weak units couldn't do anything about it. So you would like fortify your defenses, basically like really sophisticated, like ru- rushing is what it was called when you would rush someone's base and meant attack prematurely. Ooh. Um, and then there, oh, Warcraft 3 had creeps and stuff too. If you remember, uh, kind of like Dota and um, League of Legends have creeps in the woods. So that also came from Warcraft where like throughout the map, there's NPC units that you would le- you would use to level up your heroes. That was the whole point. And oh, get items interesting. And stuff. So you take your army, it, you're killing just with your army is pointless, right? But the, having your hero in proximity to killing the creeps is what levels them up oh. instead of fighting a real battle. So you would like do that covertly. And then, okay. um, but yeah, Undead was my my favorite um just because they were so different than the other races yeah i was uh yeah there's all i think my favorite there's a specific strategy with undead i liked um oh man this is gonna really be uh nerdy it was casters and meat wagons so you would (laughs) you would make um you get ghouls which is like the basic unit they could they could attack people and they would also were the unit that harvested wood for you um so you get a bunch of them You'd uh, try to upgrade to the level two base as fast as possible. And you'd have uh, necromancers who could spawn skeletons. And then there was meat wagons, which were like uh, the trebuchet artillery. Yes. But the meat wagons would pick up dead bodies. And so you could dump you could dump skeletons on the ground. And so your caster could spawn up a bunch of guys really quickly. And so that was like the super, you know, oh, wow. super smart. That was you like min-maxing that game. Yeah, you want to produce as much like waste as possible so that your magic guys can just like, it, it, you know, bludgeon the enemy with like an overwhelming amount of like disposable uh, units. So that was super fun. That's so, so while they're doing that, your meat wagons are killing their base or whatever. Oh, awesome. Uh, thank you for giving us a peek behind the the strategies of you. That's really, that's really, really cool. Um, yeah. We, we ha- it feels like we've gotten to talk about so much that was great, not only about like what you liked about the game, but your personal experience. Before we move on to some fun segments to end the show, is there anything you didn't get to share or any thought you want to wrap up before we do so about Warcraft 3? Man, uh, if there was a petition to make Warcraft 4, you should sign it because Warcraft 4 would be the greatest thing that ever happened. I think Activision Blizzard isn't the same company it was, so I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah. But man, I would love... I've actually, uh, I was inspired a couple months ago to make a game that was basically the same, uh, like structure as Warcraft, uh, but do it in like, uh, like a, some kind of like 16 bit top down style okay, where yeah. the structure of the game's the same, but to kind of take advantage of the, the way, the wave of retro that's happening. Um, 
So I started, there was a, either Game Maker or Unity or something. I can't remember what I was messing around with, but uh, yeah, I'd love, I want, I have a dream when I have the time that I want to revitalize the, uh, the RTS genre uh, with that, the way Workout 3 did it was like the perfect implementation, I think, of how wow. an accessible, it, it made strategy games accessible in a way that they hadn't been before. Right? It was a high barrier to entry, but like it kind of reduced the mental load um, and made people play a game in a way that they wouldn't normally play. That's so. awesome. That I can't wait for people to someday listen to this episode, you know, when it's when it's so old and after you have revitalized the RTS genre, it's going to be great. Uh, but, well, thank you for sharing that. And, Riley, we've got some fun stuff to do, so we're not done, but thank you so much for sharing about your personal history with that game. That was awesome. Thanks for... Uh bringing me to this vulnerable place hey you bet that's what i that's that's my job uh so and my other job is to keep the show moving and so we'll go ahead and start our post-game segments beginning with the fact me by your game segment and this is just where i share uh some facts maybe sometimes easter eggs cheats whatever about the game for my guest um the first one this is just something i noticed today when i was looking through the cheats of this game I just wanted to share with you, Riley, um, uh, one of probably the favorite one that I found. Um, I saw a long list of them with like very funny, uh, sometimes uh, phrases that would correspond very clearly to the cheat you were doing. Do you, do you remember any cheats that you did ever? Uh, or any you knew no, about? No, I I think I prob I if you say some, they might ring a bell. Because you couldn't you couldn't use that stuff in the online games. Oh, which gotcha. Is where I played so I yeah I. I'm now re- remembering that you could do type stuff into the uh, to a story mode, yes. and cheat, but yeah, you couldn't uh, do anything in an online game. So the one that I thought was particularly funny is uh, it's all one word. Uh, the dude abides, and if you yeah, type, oh yes, yep, I remember that. Do you one. Know, do you yep. remember what it did? Because I can share. I, it. I don't remember what it did. I just remember the command. So yeah. funny to me, uh, but it allows for a slower cooldown on your spells. There it is. Uh, or is there's probably one for like gold or something, right? It like increases gold mining or something like there that. There could be. That's the only one I felt was important enough to jot down. Um, yeah. No, that was the most popular one. Yeah. That because just because of the, you know, the quote. Uh, of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, as far. And then the other one I have, the other fact I have for you is that um, this game, you and you might already know this, is that this game has an alternate ending, uh, which I'm assuming that's for the single player mode. Um, but either way, did you know about this? Is it something to do with Arthas? I don't know what that is. Or the Lich. Arthas is the knight that's being redeemed. Okay. The, he's the main character. There's the Lich, maybe something with the Lich. Oh, I can't remember now. I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it. Um, so basically if you beat the game using the night elves on hard difficulty, you also get an, another ending scene after the original ending. And that ending scene is a StarCraft battle uh, that takes place in the Warcraft 3 engine. So I guess that was like your extra little thing afterwards. Oh, that's – wow. So that rings so many bells actually. So I did not know that. But in – wow, that's crazy. So in the the editor, the modding engine that they made, the world editor as it was called – there were StarCraft units. That's so cool. And now I understand that that's why that's in the game is because oh, it was yeah. in the secret ending. I didn't. It never occurred to me why you could put. Oh, that's so. 
bizarre. That's wow. very funny. That's, I just learned something new. Uh, yeah, you'll have to YouTube that later just to check it out. Um, but that's the end of the Fact Me By Your Game segment. We'll, of course, move on to the game recommendations segment. And uh, for those of you who aren't aware, this is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, where <clears throat> I'm treating Warcraft 3 as Riley's passionate summer love, where he's eventually going to have to <clears throat> excuse me, move on to a new relationship. Uh, and by relationship, I mean game. So I prepared uh, three uh, suggestions for you, some of which I don't even know if there's a way to play them, but that's what this is going to be. This is like, this was a free game. This is actually near and dear to my heart. This is a game I played for like a month, uh, two different months in high school, but it's a, it's an online free game called, uh, Flife. Do you know Flife? Are you going to say Ultima? It's F-L-Y-F-F <laughs> and it stands for fly for fun. It's this, like this open uh mmo that was free it was like kind of janky but kind of cool and my friends and i got really into it like my sophomore year and we played it for like one month and dropped off but it was like a really special experience um and it's still out there actually so uh again not anything similar to this game but i wanted to just yes yeah, I wanted to I just wanted to share that one with you. It's a personal thing for me. The second is if oh, you man. want to play a different game with war and orcs and those are like the two most important things to you. Is it a browser um, I'll game? I'll recommend an action game. Okay. And that is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers on the GameCube. Oh, one of my favorites. Actually, so I like the Return of the King one cuz you could do two player. Oh, I didn't know you could do two player in that game. Oh, I, yeah. That's the one I oh, have. Man. You, dude, you return to yeah. the king. That's the best one oh, because yeah, the two player. I yeah. loved this game, uh, so good. Um, uh, so my my tie in is the genre, sort of the genre there. Funny, we talked about Lord yeah. of the Rings earlier, and then last is um, uh, this is my uh, troll one. I always have one really silly one. If you want to play another game fighting against uh, green piggies or orcs, well, they're pigs, in Fierce Battles, Riley, uh, there's only one game for you, and that is Angry Birds. I knew you were going to say Angry Birds. Did you really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I said piggies. Yeah, that piggy, probably made it away. But uh, <laughs> I think the only one I've played of that is the the Star Wars one on, like, the original iPad. Oh, that's I, funny. Yeah, because I'm a sucker for a Star Wars tie-in, so I bought it. That's oh that is that is a okay. You know now that you say that, I remember seeing your Force Awakens poster before the movie even came out. Yeah, dude. It I, was like uh, summer of, and you had that poster. I mean, we could have a whole other podcast about that, man. I'm very sad about the direction of the Star Wars franchise. It's killing yeah, me. Yeah, I'm. I have not given it near as much thought or energy as I'm assuming you have, since you're a big, big Star Wars guy. But as someone who was really there for it and really excited about it, same here. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, but that'll be the follow-up to this episode. Riley, that's the end of the game recommendations, and that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Uh, so before you um, plug stuff, and I'd uh, love for you to share uh, any like ways people can find Odeon. I know it's pretty simple, but again, anything you want to share is great. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. This was really fun. Also, extra thanks to you, Riley, because you have donated to our Patreon before and have donated like a nice little uh, sum. So I've never gotten to thank you for that, but 
We have plenty of patrons support who listen to this episode. Support the arts, baby. Um, but I just want to say thanks so much, man. It's been that doing this network has been an absolute blast for us. Uh, and so just getting support from people means a lot. So thank you for doing that. You're welcome, man. Uh, well now, what do you want us to know? Where, what should we look for? I know we're going to talk some Odeon, but what should we, where should the listeners put their attention for you? Uh, I mean, really for me, that's it. That's, I'm, that's all my life is focused on right now. So I just go to Odeon.tv. Um, as not, uh, you may, there may not be a creator for you yet. Um, uh, I don't know if you know Jay Light. He's a friend of me and Galbates. He's a comedian. Yeah. He's on there. Um, He's a great person. That modding community is seems awesome. Or the mod, if you love gaming, support the modding community because they're. I think that's what these listeners will want to hear. Yeah, it's really for like a thing that works for them because like they have a particular struggle, right? Where like they can't monetize stuff on YouTube because it's Nintendo stuff, and yes, a lot of people in that community also are afraid to do it. Like only a couple even try Patreon, um, just because you know modding again. It's like. It's kind of a gray area, but this is a way yes. to support the whole development community in a way that everyone feels is like fair and no one. It's just a, a really good way to support um, people who are the, the thing that I like about the modding community is it's like they're like great stewards of that the history of like retro gaming and they yes. they keep it alive in a way that it would be forgotten otherwise. Like the only reason you're going back and checking out zelda and Star Fox is because oh they released a zelda Star Fox mashup and you're like wow this is cool i'm gonna go to the used game store and buy a n64 again just that whole it gets people yeah. excited about um historical parts of gaming culture um that's what i love about the modding community so uh or i'm sure there'll be a bunch of comedy on there if you love comedy and that sort of thing killer well well, thank you. Yeah, please, listeners, check out Odeon. Uh, it's really cool, and I, I think you'll love that. <laughs> the, all the modding community you were just sharing about, I think they'll like. So thank you, Riley, for sharing. Um, this show uh, has wonderful cover art by the masterful at glenn.j on Instagram. Um, as I said before, you should check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash supernpcradio. The co-op episodes that you know are tied to this show course you're getting shadow of the colossus for december but we're doing a bonus one that's going to be available for free for everyone on spider-man miles morales probably shared that by now but just in case you haven't heard uh merry christmas that'll come out christmas day um this show is produced by the great jeremy schmidt you should listen to his show video games a comedy show i am at connor underscore mccabe on twitter and at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69 for twitch That'll do it for this episode, and we'll see you on the next one.